You're listening to Coast to Coast Latino. We're starting this Wednesday episode of Coast to Coast Latino with a very powerful and sexy song written by Rebecca Gomez and sung by Rebecca Gomez, also known as Becky G and Nati Natasha. And let me tell you folks, this video on YouTube has had 1.8 billion, that's billion with a B, views. And uh, the song itself is very powerful. It was released in 2019. And uh, Billboard magazine said this proves that women are taking control of Latin music. 1.8 billion hits. You can also download the song through uh, Apple iTunes. My name is Adrian Perez. I want to thank you for joining me on Coast to Coast Latino, the Wednesday edition. Uh, we're probably on the cusp of of seeing some dramatic historic uh, events throughout the United States. Uh, we've already started seeing it, but just the sheer number of people who've turned out to vote. And let me tell you, pre-voting or pre-date voting, pre-November 3rd voting, uh, is into the tens of millions. And uh, there is a breakdown that was provided by Latino rebels. And uh, let me share the uh, breakdown with you. Now, the survey is being done by Enaleo, the National Association of Latino Elected Officials, and uh, is being reported by uh, Latino rebels. And so far, out of the uh, of all, all the uh, pre-ballots that have been submitted by Latinos, it says that 79%, 79% are in support of Joe Biden, 18% are in support of Donald Trump. Overall, the Latino registered voter support for Biden uh, in this week seven, because they've gone for eight weeks uh, polling, uh, this uh, they're saying that, that, that Biden is just running away with it and he's getting a lot more votes than Hillary Clinton received back in 2016. Uh, we see a lot of strong support for Biden in second generation Latinos. 76% of second generation Latinos are voting for Biden. Latinos with English dominant language are at 70% for Biden. Female Latinas at 71% for Biden. Uh, Latino uh, voters age 18 through 34 are at 72%. Voters over 50 years of age are 70% for Biden. Latinos with a high school diploma or some high school are at 75% for Biden. 
Latinos impacted by COVID-19, 75% for Biden. Latinos who lost their jobs are 71% for Biden. And Latinos who identify as Catholic are at 71% for Biden. Trump's best showing is the third generation of Latinos at 33%. Latino voters aged 33 to 49 are at 33%. Hold on, folks. Latino male voters are at 29% in support of uh, Donald Trump. And Latino voters in battleground states are at 29% for Donald Trump. The poll, which is actually conducted by the uh, organization Latino Decisions, uh, says that it still has a margin of plus or minus 4.9% or pretty close to 5%. But when you look at the numbers themselves, plus or minus 5% is almost irrelevant because you still have a huge number of Latinos supporting Joe Biden so far. Uh, this is historic because we're seeing numbers of Latino voters uh, like we've never seen before. Heard that? I've heard that before. Where did I hear that? Oh yeah, Donald Trump uses that. Like we've never seen before. And uh, because of that, uh, there's higher probability that, uh, that Donald Trump is more than likely going to be seeing his last days as president of the United States. Uh, is it good for us to change the executive? At this moment, yes. Uh, are there issues regarding Joe Biden? Of course. The guy's not perfect. No candidate is ever going to be perfect. And as long as both parties, the Republicans and Democrats, keep throwing individuals who are essentially low-life, low wind, we will always end up choosing between bad and worse. Instead of looking at candidates who is who are good and great, one of these days the political parties are going to have to learn that American people are just getting really fed up with having to choose between bad and worse. Now, I know some of you are Republicans. I know some of you are Democrats. And you're probably thinking, well, gee, we disagree with your point of view. Well, let's talk about this. Okay, let's look and see where we're at right now. Right now, we are experiencing a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic that our president told everybody originally, first, that it was a hoax, being created by the Democratic Party. Then they told us that it was going to go away. Then he turned around and told us that he caught it. And now he's running around the country doing political campaigns as if he never had it. But one of the things that scientists have learned, especially in, uh, in uh, the United Kingdom, one of the things that they've learned is that COVID-19 has a significant impact 
on cognitive abilities of individuals. So if you recover, you're going to have problems with your with your ability to remember, with your ability to organize thoughts because it impacts the brain. And perhaps it's already happening to Donald Trump. Let me play you a short clip of something that he said yesterday at one of his campaign rallies. With the party of Abraham Lincoln, a lot of people don't know that the great Abraham Lincoln, a man that I've always competed against, I said, I can be more presidential than any president ever, except for the possible exception of Abraham Lincoln when he's wearing the hat. That's so when you hear uh, comments like that, it's very hard to believe that anybody is motivated to vote again for Donald Trump. Uh, there should be a tremendous concern as to whether or not he has the true ability to carry the nation another four years. I mean, that with the pandemic, he has uh, really blown it completely. Uh, had he taken action way back then in January when he first learned about this, he could have protected all Americans. We wouldn't have, you know, well over 200,000 Americans dead today. In addition to that, he would have taken strategies to be able to protect the economy. Instead, all he's ever done is protect Wall Street. And if you have a great portfolio with Wall Street, by all means, vote for Donald Trump because he's protecting you. But if you don't have a portfolio with Wall Street, you're wasting your time because you're getting the short end of the stick. Okay? We are Americans across the United States, especially Latinos, are hurting. We're hurting financially. We're hurting because we're the most impacted by COVID-19 and we're dying from COVID-19. Our small businesses are hurting and many many of them are finally shuttering their doors saying we can't we can't compete. We cannot continue like this. And with the growth of COVID-19 uh, infections in the United States, we are having significant economic problems that are going to continue well into 2021. And his administration and Congress have not been able to sit down and hammer out a way to protect Americans economically and from this virus. There are no plans. There's no strategies. There's nothing. And this needs to raise all kinds of red flags to you. You have to ask yourself as an American of the United States of America, what is going on? Why aren't we protecting ourselves? And do we love this guy so much that we're willing to put blinders on our eyes and not see what is actually happening? You need to look at everything that's going on worldwide, not just here in the United States, because it's having a worldwide impact. Our inability to get our economy going is having a world economic impact. And in order for us to get 
back. And by the way, all those countries who have been depending on us are looking at us going, what the heck is going on, folks? We need to get back our authority. We need to get our economy rolling again. But we have to do it with a plan and very strategic steps that will help our small businesses recapture the dominance that we once had. Okay, and when you look at the COVID-19 impacts right now, 40 states, 4-0, 40 states are seeing a tremendous uptick in COVID-19 cases. And I know people are going, yeah, but we're testing a lot more. Of course, we're testing a lot more. We have to test. We have to see how this thing is being spread, how it's growing, and how to tackle it. But no one is writing a plan at the federal level on how to tackle this thing. And we can go, I can go on and on about the many things that Donald Trump did to be able to put us in such a vulnerable position. We should have never been here, but we are. And there's no strategy, there's no effort to fix it. I mean, during his debate last week, they asked him, do you have a plan to tackle this? And he said, no, essentially. His chief of staff, a few days later, comes back and tells us, uh, you know, there is no effort, no way to, to handle it. And that's their way of saying, look, it's it's up to you guys to fix it. And it it's a terrible strategy. We're going to see more economic downturn. It's going to get a lot worse. And let me tell you, in January, I strongly believe that because of our inability to tackle this, we're going to see stock market start crumbling. It's going to be extremely bad. We're going to see a real estate bubble pop. It may be a lot worse than the 2007 uh, recession we entered in. And we're also going to see at least another 250,000 more Americans die because this administration has zero plans, zero efforts, and makes no ability at all, demonstrates zero, zero strategy to tackle this problem. And I have to hammer this hard into our Latino community because we are the ones that are out there. We're the essential workers. We're the ones that are putting food on people's uh, plates. And we're the ones that have been carrying a heavy load for all Americans. But we're also paying a heavy price by being exposed to this disease and seeing our loved ones pass away from it. So what's the enthusiasm level of Latinos voting in this election? Well, uh, I can tell you, uh, based on the survey, this particular survey, that is being reported by Latino rebels. 
34% of respondents say they have already voted. 34% of Latinos who responded say they have already voted. Uh, alongside those who have already voted, 52% say they are almost certain they will vote in 2020. In other words, a lot of people are really excited about voting, uh, unlike we've never seen before. 82% of the respondents of the survey say they are just as, if not more enthusiastic about voting in 2020 than they were in 2016, 62% say they are more enthusiastic about 2020. Survey respondents also indicate that of uh, the uh, uh, Latino voters, 37% prefer to vote by mail and 63% prefer to vote in person. So many of the uh, states that do not allow for mail-in, we have Latinos that are standing out there for 8, 10, and even up to 12 hours in line to vote. For those that are voting by mail, certain states like Texas, Governor Abbott over there decided to uh, limit how many uh, drop boxes are available. In fact, he has, at the present moment, one per county. And uh, for those of you who are familiar with the state of, Cal uh, state of Texas, you know that it takes a while to drive from one point to another. And the counties are massive, they're huge. And uh, in California, we have drop-off spots in so many places that the Republican Party here in California decided to do their own drop boxes as well. A, uh, uh, an issue that uh, came up uh, to the uh, state level and the Attorney General said, uh, no, you can't do that, and they sent a letter of cease and desist only for the Republican Party to respond saying, we don't recognize your cease and desist because according to the way the laws are written and the rules are written, we have the ability to put a drop box at gun shops, at liquor stores, and at other uh, businesses that support Republican philosophy. So it's gotten interesting. What does this mean? Well, what it means is that we will not get a real picture of who won the presidency of the United States on November 3rd. What that means is that the majority of states are going to be counting ballots way past November 3rd. There are some states that are saying that they're going to have the ballots counted uh, the uh the day after uh, November 3rd. And what will this do? After November 3rd, what will this do? What is this? What kind of tension is this going to create? We already have a president who's said that uh, he will not commit to going out the door that easy. He intends to challenge the election results. And he's put 
malicious, white racist malicious, on call in the event of. And when he did that, by the way, and he did that uh, uh, a few weeks ago, when he did that, uh, it pushed the sale of guns through the roof. Right now, the uh, NRA, which uh, has opposed any kind of uh, gun regulation, is jumping up and down for joy because for the first time we have a lot of Democrats that own guns. Yes, it includes the elderly. It includes the young. It includes a lot of Latinos. For the first time, there's this fear of a potential revolution. Will there be a revolution? Well, see, that's why this podcast and 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 other efforts are being made to let you know we can control this. But our leaders are the ones that need to step up. Uh, whether it's Congress, uh, the Supreme Court, or for that matter, the President of the United States. Somebody has to step up and say, no, we're not going to allow this to happen. But Donald Trump has divided the, the country so bad that now people have anger towards Democrats that are running states, Democrats that are running cities, because he's made this a, a dividing issue, a wedge issue. And it's very frustrating for people like me who've studied political science, who, who have admired many political figures, Republican and Democrat, over the history of the United States, and yet we have this guy that is destroying it within a matter of months, all because he fears two things. He fears losing the presidency of the United States, and he fears the real-life issues that are going to be facing him after he leaves office, and that includes lawsuits, that includes potential crimes, that includes, and, and crimes, by the way, that include rape, and that includes having to pay back debts, over $450 million worth of debts. You know, for those of you who really believe that Donald Trump is, is an economic genius, all you need to do is look at his history as a businessman and and look at how he has filed for bankruptcy on a regular basis. How do you bankrupt a casino? But yet he bankrupt his own casino. Uh, there are properties that are losing money that he owns. Golf courses, uh, event centers, hotels that are losing money everywhere. And it's like he doesn't realize that it's this pandemic that he decided to ignore that is the one that's impacting his resorts. And folks, it uh, I cannot stress enough, we're six days away from November 3rd. You need to get up. You need to go vote. Vote your conscience. I've shared a lot of information with you. If that doesn't move your conscience, 
you know, so be it. The bottom line is get up, go vote, let your voice be heard. Okay, let's cover some more uh, Latino news. As the Latino population continues to grow throughout uh, the United States, we are inheriting responsibility for many components, many, many components. That includes wildlife, the protection, uh, the, uh, the, not, just, not just the protection, but to ensure that wildlife continues. And in Colorado, for example, there's an organization called uh, Latino Outdoors, Google them, please. Latino Outdoors. Uh, you're going to find that there's chapters throughout the United States. But the Colorado chapter of Latino Outdoors came out this week in support of a Colorado proposition called Proposition 114. And the purpose of uh, Proposition 114 is to reintroduce wolves back into the wildlife. Wolves are a major part of the natural ecosystem. And they've been hunted, they've been pushed out, they've been they've been killed and 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 sometimes even physically removed from uh, different ecosystems in the uh, Colorado Rockies. Uh, there is a need to reintroduce them. Prop 114 would reintroduce them. And uh, as best said by Bianca Garcia, she's the program coordinator for Latino Outdoors Colorado. She says, wolves belong and are inherently connected to all facets of the ecosystem in the region where they will be reintroduced. And basically this proposition says, hey, Colorado Parks and uh, Wildlife, your job is to reintroduce wolves into the ecosystem to reintroduce wolves into our natural wildlife. Uh, And that's great because now our children will be able to learn the importance of wolves and how wolves uh, impact an ecosystem. Uh, So that's kind of cool. Latino Outdoors, check them out. And I don't know how many of you uh, have seen uh, a video that went viral on YouTube. It is a group of Latino voters in Nevada riding horseback to show their support for Democratic uh, presidential candidate Joe Biden. Uh, it it happened this past weekend, and let me tell you the uh, the the Twitter feeds, the YouTube feeds have gone bananas because no one's ever seen anything like that. Uh, I don't know. There's approximately uh, 100 uh, voters riding horseback in support of Joe Biden. It's gone viral. Check it out. It's very interesting. Uh, even if you're not a, a uh, Biden supporter, check it out. It's, 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 it's really cool. It's great to see. And uh, happy to... to, to to, to see our community so doggone engaged in voting. The Los Angeles Times has an article this week on the impact that both the pandemic and the winter season are going to have on farm workers. The article is written by Anita Chabria. Uh, I met Anita, uh, a journalist, uh, a few years back, 
and she's written one of the most powerful pieces right now regarding the impacts that uh, farm workers in California fields are going to be experiencing. Uh, let me tell you, they don't have any savings. They don't have health care. And uh, many of them live in some of the poorest communities of California, including Stockton, uh, Fresno. And uh, they're going to be facing a tremendous challenge. What I'd like to do is, if you know organizations that are helping farm worker people, um, my, uh, I'd like to recommend that you get involved. If you, if you have the ability, help them. We're going to need to do as much as we can for our farm workers. And they're essential workers, understand. They are essential workers. They're the ones that are out there ensuring that there's food on our plates. So if you can get involved, get involved with them. I think that would be extremely healthy. And talking about the LA Times, they also have an article regarding uh, an individual, a man, who has put together a very powerful piece called Selena, the series. Uh, what Hollywood believes is that this is going to have a tremendous impact on the Latinx revolution that has been occurring little by little uh, as an undercurrent, not as a overt effort, but, uh, but perhaps a covert effort, if you will. And uh, the, uh, the producer, his name is uh, Jaime Davila, and uh, they expect for this particular series to be available on Netflix in December. And it's taken two years, but, but he finally got it done. Davila is only 35 years old and definitely a mover shaker in Hollywood all of a sudden. Uh, very exciting things. And by the way, all these articles that I mentioned, all these stories that I have uh, for you, you can find them on our Facebook page at Coast to Coast Latino Group. Okay, Coast to Coast Latino Group. Join us. Uh, we update those news pieces, information pieces on a daily basis. So I want to thank you for taking time from your busy schedule in the middle of the week to listen to Coast to Coast Latino. We invite you to visit us on our website, coasttocoastlatino.com. Uh, if you have something you want to share with us, please write latino at coasttocoastlatino.com. That's latino at coasttocoastlatino.com. Again, my name is Adrian Perez. I appreciate the time you've taken to uh, listen to this uh, 26th episode of our podcast, we invite you to join us every Wednesday and Friday when we do a new podcast. Uh, Friday, of course, is the, it's the uh, day before uh, Halloween. And on Wednesday of next week, we'll be talking about election results. I want to thank you again. Stay safe and uh, be sure to visit us on Facebook.